Good morning and welcome to Vertical Church Ovilla Online. Today we start a brand new series called This Is My Story. It's an amazing message. Here's Pastor Brian. My life is a series of pages. Pages filled with interesting characters, changing settings, perfectly crafted tension and resolve. There is adventure, tragedy, gain, intrigue, romance, and mystery. To others, the pages may seem confusing, out of order, and without meaning. But my life is not random. There is an author, and I know him well. There is a plot, and I rest in what he writes. This is my hope. This is my confidence. And this, this is my story. two months here at Vertical Church are going to change us. It's going to change us individually and change us as a church because God is writing a story. It's an epic story. It's a story filled with intrigue and mystery, with wonders greater than you and I have ever fully been able to grasp. It's a story that comes from deep within inside him. He's writing it. He is the author. The story is as long as eternity. It's a story that is unfolding with each day that passes. And it's a story rooted in unbelievable mercy. Because the holy and just and grand God of the universe has chosen to include us sinners in the story. It's not just a story about us. It's a story he's writing in us. And he writes every story with epic proportions. Every story. Each story in this room has epic proportions to it. You may not understand that yet, but it's my prayer that by the time this series is over, you come to a place where you understand how the author is writing your story, what he is writing in you, and that it truly is epic. You see, God has a pattern in which he writes. He has a way that he writes his story. And if you know the pattern, then you can see his hand at work in your life. If you don't, then your life will seem random and chaotic and out of control. But we can know that God has a pattern. And in fact, every great story that's ever been written by man, every great story follows God's pattern for a story. Every great story goes something like this. There was a beginning that set the scene for the story. You know how it goes. Someone tells a story. I was on my way home from work the other day, and, and automatically you're in. 
Once upon a time, there were three bears and, and you're in. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and you're in. Yeah? Yeah. There's always a beginning that sets the scene. And the beginning has such hope and future dream to it. But in every story, there's not only a beginning that has a, a dream, there's also tension. There's an antagonist. There's resistance. There's pain. There's loss. There's some evil that has come to play. The big bad wolf met Little Red Riding Hood on the way to grandmother's house. The rebel forces controlled the galaxy. The doctor gave me terrible news. I lost my job. There's always a part of the story that has some tension to it. This is how God writes stories. Every great story has tension to it. Uh, growing up, we would show, or when our kids were growing up, we would show them Disney movies, of course. Heather grew up on a steady diet of Disney movies. My, me, not so much, but man, we have untold VHS of Disney stories at home right now. And uh, I got to, I recognize the pattern. You put in the VHS, I did, and you watch the story, and it starts off like, oh, this is awesome. And then tragedy happens to Bambi. Really? And then there's loss. And then there's the wicked stepmother. It just goes on and on. There's always some kind of, you know, like, oh, mm, oh, man. That's the way great stories are written. There's a moment of tension. But if you follow the story and you know the pattern and you've watched Disney long enough, you know there's going to be tension, but there's coming a rescue. There's coming a moment where all of a sudden Luke shows up to rescue Princess Leah. Simba returns to face Scar. The third little pig has a boiling pot of water waiting beneath the fireplace chimney. There's always a moment of rescue. Beginning, tension, rescue, and the great stories are always epic. The underdog, the one you least expected to win, wins. The unexpected that you didn't think could happen or would happen, happens. They win the football game. They win another football game. They win the entire series. They go on to the championship and they win. It's how epic stories go. The guy gets the girl and Luke Skywalker and a small band destroy the Death Star. It's how great stories go. And we're all fascinated with stories like that. We like it. We like the format. In fact, we like it so much that in 2019, the movie industry revenue hit a record $42.5 billion. That's how much we like stories. We do. 
We like them on Netflix. We like them at the theater. We like them in a book. We like them on TV. We like them in a whole series. We like multiple seasons to come along and we keep watching the story even though we know how the story's gonna go. There's gonna be a cliffhanger. There's gonna be some tragedy. There's gonna be some rescue. And if it's a series and mini series, it's gonna repeat itself in different forms, different fashions, but it's always the same story because great stories always follow the way God writes stories. And when you understand how he writes, then life takes on a whole new level of meaning. And the Bible's clear that there is a story that God is writing. Psalm 139, David writes, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book, In your book, they were written, every one of them. The days were fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. There's a story being written. God is writing a story. Psalm 56, God, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Mm. Revelation 20. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. God is a masterful story writer. His story, like all great stories, has a beginning. Now what's fascinating about God is that he didn't have a beginning. He's always existed. He doesn't need a beginning and he doesn't need an end, but what he does is he provides a beginning for us. There's a moment where man enters into the story of God. Genesis says, let us Make man in our image, and the story begins. God writes a story out from himself, out of the joy of who he is. He writes the story, and it begins in time. And it's a story filled with fascination and wonder in a garden. It's a story of hope and promise. It's a story of future. It's a story of go and and fill the earth. It's a story of great wonder, of walking with God. It always starts with a grand beginning. This is how all stories begin, with a grand beginning. Such future, such promise, such hope. But into God's story, he writes tension. It doesn't catch him by surprise. He writes in the moment of tension. He writes in where evil enters the story. The antagonist shows up, appearing at first as something beautiful. And his words are deceptive and insidious. His motives are evil. It's the serpent who deceives Eve and the ones created fall for the deception and the trap. They eat what was forbidden and the entire creation is plunged into chaos and a curse. Sin covers the darkness of the earth. 
evil gains control. And what should have been will now not be because tension has entered the story. There is loss, death. Adam and Eve are cast out of the garden. Those once destined for great glory are now destined into uncertainty and unknown. And none of it takes God by surprise. He is the author. The characters, they're in the story, and to them it looks chaotic because they are not the author. The evil in the story thinks it is prevailing because it's not the one who's the author. But the author knows exactly what is happening. The scenes are right on cue. The characters, right in their perfect time, have entered the stage to play the part that the author has for them. And his story, like all great stories, has a rescue. It doesn't end with chaos and death. Written into these early moments of the story is a day coming when there will be one who will bruise the head of the serpent. Where there will be one who will come in and reign. Where there will be one who will set the captives free. Where there will be one who will appear at just the right moment and bring life to those who dwell in death. And that one who comes is from God himself. He sends his son and he comes while we are still sinners. It's part of the way God writes story. He sends deliverance while we're still in the tension, while the earth was dark, while sin still dominated, he sent his son to be a savior. And then, like all great stories, it is epic. God's story is epic. The savior who comes, he comes being innocent, but he's accused of all wrong. The righteous one who'd come to deliver is put to death. The plot twist occurs, but only to those watching, because for God, he always knows what's next. The one who knew no sin was made sin, and to the surprise of all who watch, even evil itself, the ones who cry out, in faith, become the ones who are made like God. They are blessed. They are set free. And they receive beauty for their ashes. He restores what the years have lost. And he is glorified through it all. You see, this is how God writes a story. And this is what he's doing in us. And this is what he's doing in you. And for each person here, the story takes on some very personal flavor. Your story had a beginning. Your story had and has some tension. Your story has had rescue, and there's more rescue coming. Your story has epic 
proportions written all over it. So let me tell you what we're going to do in this series. Within the next two months, our goal is going to be for all of us as a church to understand the story God's writing in us and understand how it is playing out today. And I want us to so know God's story that if someone asks you, you could tell your story and tell it in one minute. Now, I realize there's a longer version to everybody's story, but there's power in knowing your story in a minute. If you can know what God has done, is doing, and what you're leaning on him for, and you can tell that to somebody in under a minute, boom, there's power in that. So through the series, you're going to learn how to do that. We will give you a template to help you know where God's hand is, has been, and is going in your life. When we're finished, you will know how to tell your story. And here's going to be the challenge. I'm believing, our staff is believing, that 80 people will take us up on this challenge. That you will know your story, be able to tell your story in one minute, and you'll come to the church on the day that we're going to set up. We're going to set a chair up, we're going to set some lights up, and we're going to video you telling your story in one minute. We're going to give you the, the template, you're going to fill in the script, and you'll tell your story. I believe, our staff believes, there's 80 people at least in this room and in our church that will do that. Now, here's what will happen next. Once we've videoed your story, we're going to upload it to our Facebook page. Then you, the 80, or whoever, or however many that is, will be able to go and share your story on Facebook. Now, I'm assuming that's 80 people who have Facebook. If you don't, and you give us permission, we'll share it through the vertical Facebook. We can still do it, even though you don't have Facebook. Now, stay with me. That's 80 people. Just imagine 80 people tell their story. And they get what we believe would be, at minimum average, 300 views. 24,000 times the story of God in your life told into the culture. Amen? This is where we're headed in this series. Now, if you're having a slight panic attack right now, just breathe. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it through this. You're, we're going to walk with you in the process. I believe every one of us have a story you may not have ever thought about what that story is like or how to tell it in a minute, much less sit in front of a camera and tell it. But I believe we can do this, and we will be different, and the community and our culture will be different because of it. Amen? This is our story. This is where we're headed in this series. So to help us today, uh, a verse, a single verse. Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, New Testament. Uh, come to 1 Corinthians, one bit more, you're almost there. 2 Corinthians, there you go. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, a man named Paul is writing 
to a group of believers, and they are relatively young in the faith. This whole walking with Jesus thing, this whole faith thing, this whole thing of trusting God that he has forgiven them of their sin, that they have a purpose to their life, and they're walking with him, they're figuring it out, they're living it out, they're changing who they are, they're changing what they do. This whole idea of walking now by faith and not by their sight, the idea of trusting Jesus is kind of new to them. Because they're doing this in a culture that is really antagonistic toward them. I mean, they would be the laughing stock if they began to tell their story because it was so counter to the culture. Can anybody relate? And so Paul writes to them to give them some hope and some encouragement and some confidence to say, look, God is at work in your life for a purpose. He is doing a work in you He's telling a story in you for his glory. That's what God does. He crafts a story that reveals his glory. I don't know how many times since we've been together as Vertical Church, I've stood up here and spoke. And there's been many of those times I've thought during the week, oh man, people are going to be so moved by my words. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm praying. Of course, that's a good thing to pray for. But I don't know how many times I've stood up and given a 30, 40, 50-minute message. One person get up and give a two-minute testimony, and everybody is like, I get it all of a sudden. And I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you, God. Why couldn't it be through me? No. I understand because here's how God works. There's truth, and then there's the real-life truth that comes out in someone's story. And that is what gives him great glory when the story becomes personal and the truth becomes powerful. Do you remember uh, last year when we did our series called uh, Storm Chasers? Each week we interviewed a person or persons on stage here as part of our morning services who told the story of how God had brought them through a storm We sat on this stage and told those stories. We recorded them, posted them on our YouTube page. And to date, the most watched messages and experiences of Vertical Church are those stories. Because people want to see the reality of this Bible talk, Bible preaching, faith stating truth that we believe. They want to see how does this get lived out. Your story is important. When Paul writes to the group in Corinth, he writes to say, you guys have got a story, every one of you, and people are reading your lives. So there in the first part of verse three, he says this, by what is happening, you show that you are a letter from Christ. You You, not someone else, not the person next to you, not just the people in ministry, you, every one of us, you, you are a letter. You are a story. If you're reading in the New King James, King James, New American Standard, you see the word epistle, not a word we use much. It's a word that means a letter. A letter that is written with an intended recipient, a specific message 
and an author. And Paul says to these believers, as the Holy Spirit says to us today, you, you, your life is a letter from Christ. Stop discounting it. Stop downplaying it. Stop thinking it's not important. Stop thinking your story doesn't match someone else's story. It's not supposed to. Stop thinking it doesn't have much to it because every story has the author of God himself. And when he writes, he writes with all that we have seen already today. He writes with a beginning. Your story has a beginning to it. There was a place that you were born. There was a city, an environment, a home into which you were born. You grew up in a family. Your family was unique. It wasn't like any other family. It was the family God chose for you. The DNA of you was chosen by God. You didn't have a choice in it. Your height, the number of hairs you would have on your head, or not, wasn't your choice. It was written by God. He designed your life, your gender, given to you by God, male or female, period. I'll move on. You were knit together in your mother's womb. He designed you. He planned your days. This is how your story began. A beginning you didn't choose. A beginning and a path with hope, dreams, and a future. In your early days, you looked ahead to brighter days. You looked ahead to greater days, to big things, to longings, to hopes. But into your story, like all stories, came tension. Life didn't play out exactly as you thought. Somewhere along the way came disappointment, came what appeared to be the end of the dream, into your story came tragedy, loss, conflict, uncertainty, unfairness. You lost your father. You suffered at the hands of abuse. The marriage doesn't work out. The addiction became more than your self-control. The anxiety became greater than your peace. The hurt came. Life did not turn out like you thought. The tension came. You discovered that who you thought you were was not who you were, and something needed to change. Pain entered the story. But like all great stories, there's rescue. Somewhere along the way, in the midst of your greatest pain, help arrived. Someone came with hope. 
Someone came with truth, and somewhere along the way, you met Jesus, and he became rescue for you. He became the one who brought peace to the conflict inside. He became the one who brought beauty out of the ashes. He became the one who spoke forgiveness to all the guilt, to the tape that wouldn't stop playing of all your failures. He became the one who came in close when everything else and everyone else had left you. He became the one who called you out of your grave because he had walked out of his grave. He became the one who became your rescuer. He became the one who approached evil and defeated it. He became the one who called you out and brought peace to your life. Because this is how God writes stories. And when he does, he always gets the glory. You don't look at your life and say, yeah, I was doing pretty bad, but boy, I fixed myself up. Man, I just talked to myself a few times. I watched a few TV shows during the day and all of a sudden, boom, I'm better. I read a few self-help books and I don't need anybody else. I don't need anything else. I'm good to go. No, No one says that unless they've met Jesus. And they say, he, he's now my peace. It doesn't mean the situation changes, but boy, it means this changes. It means that in the midst of my struggle, I know the one who holds me. In the midst of the conflict going on, I know the one who speaks peace to me. And forgiveness reigns over guilt and love triumphs over hate and faith wins out over self-effort and hope wins out over despair. And your heart gets changed and you have a story and it's epic. Now, there's still some tension. There's still the story unfolding There's new chapters, there's new paragraphs, but life in Jesus is greater than you could have dreamed. God has been gracious. You know it's not what you've deserved, and he has been good to you. I love what happens next in this verse. Paul says, you believers in Corinth, each of you, you show that you are a letter from Christ. He is the one who's writing. He is the one who's doing the work in you. And here's what he says next. He says, this story is not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Mm. You see, if you and I sit down to write a story today, it usually starts with a paper and a pen or a laptop and a word processing program. It starts with a page, and it starts with some ink. The page is our lives. The ink is where what is inside the author, stay with me here. If I'm the author and I sit down with a pen, the ink and the pen are what connect my heart 
to the page. And when the ink begins to flow, the story is unfolding. It's coming from here to here. And Paul says, be clear about this. We write with pen and paper, but when God writes, he does something different. He writes not on paper with ink. He writes with the spirit of the living God. He writes with his own spirit from his heart to us. He becomes the connection from his heart to us. He has a message for us. He has something he's creating in us. He is shaping you. It's not in the events that are happening to you. It's in what's happening in you. And God is speaking. God is prompting, leading, comforting, encouraging, loving. And he does it with his spirit. You see, when God writes the story, there's a plot There's an end. There's going to be tension. There's going to be rescue. But he is the one who is writing it. And he says here that this this spirit of his, this ghost from him, comes to write the story. Now look what he says next in this verse. He says, he writes not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Beautiful reference here to the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments. Written on stone. Written in chiseled work. Written in what is hard and cold and fixed. Written in terms of commands and laws that must be kept. And here Paul says... The Spirit of God is writing differently today. He's not writing on stone. He's not writing with chisel. He's writing with his spirit, and he's writing on human hearts. He does something different. You see, when the law was given, it was written in commands that must be kept. But the new covenant that Jesus instituted brought about a different day. A day in which the scripture itself promised that there would be a day when God would do a different kind of writing. A kind of writing that wouldn't be in stone, but written on hearts. So that the law wasn't something that was to be feared, but it was to be something that came alive with desire because he would come and rescue and he would set hearts free. He would be the one who would bring forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and he would win our hearts to such a degree that because of this great love, you and I would actually want to do what's right. We would desire to actually follow his law that we would desire to love him, follow him. And he says, when God writes a story today, he writes it not on stone, but he writes it on 
our hearts. This is where the ink flows. This is where the Spirit speaks. He speaks to our hearts. And it's here that when you and I know the author and we know his pattern, that all of a sudden life takes on different meaning. So, for example, he knows what's coming in your life next. The author always knows what's next. The author knows just the right amount of pressure to apply with the pen to the page or the spirit to the heart. He knows just the amount of flow. He knows exactly what's coming in the next chapter. He knows exactly what event needs to come next so that you and I can experience his glory. That's what he wants. He's writing for our heart to be free. He's writing so you can know him. He's writing so he can show his glory in your life. He knows exactly what's needed in your story next. So therefore, you and I don't have to be surprised when the tension shows up, when the antagonist appears on the scene, when evil begins to rear its head and the unexpected happens and to us what looks like the plot twist happens, you and I don't have to be surprised by that because we know the author. We know his pattern. We know what he's doing. We know he's shaping our lives. We know he's shaping our hearts. So therefore, when the pain shows up and the tension happens and the antagonist comes on the scene, you and I can go, oh, I see you. I see you for who you are. I know you think you have power in my life, but the author has power in my life. And you're only here because he wrote you into the story. You're only here because you're part of the story, but you're not the glory. You may bring some glory into my story, but he's going to get the glory. There you go. This is how God writes. And you and I can anticipate and recognize when the tension happens because this is how God writes stories. If tension has just walked into your story, you can know that resolve is soon coming because that's how God writes stories. If the antagonist has shown up in your story, you can know it's only setting the scene for the hero to do his greatest work. That's always how the story goes. If the struggle has showed up in your story, and you're uncertain about what's going to happen next, the author is only setting the scene for the next chapter. He's setting up what you think is a battle for a great showdown where he's going to get the victory and do a work in your life. You and I don't have to be shaken. You and I don't have to be undone. You and I don't have to panic. You and I don't have to get angry. You and I don't have to be bitter. You and I don't have to try to get revenge. We just stand in the authority of knowing we know the author and we know his story. Amen? Amen. And I can rest in that. I can know. He's brought this for a purpose. He's brought it for a reason. Tragedy 
is only a setup for triumph. Pain is only a setup for healing. Rejection is only preparation for greater glory. Loss is only set up for greater comfort. The characters come in, the plot changes, and you and I say, you can't hurt me because I know the author. Mm. This is your story. The spirit of the living God is writing it. And he knows you. He knows your heart. He knows where you are today. And he knows exactly what's needed in your story for you to see his glory. That's why we don't look at the person near us and say, well, how come my life can't be like their life? Looks like they never have any problems like mine. Well, that's partly because you don't know their whole story. And if you did, you'd say, I keep my story. (laughs) Because you and I have a story being written just for us. Where you've come from, where you are, what you're experiencing, the pain, the loss, the struggle, the tragedy, the blessing, the wonder, the greatness of the moment, it's all under the author's control. Let him write. Let him have his way. Because what he's doing is not just unfolding some events in your life. He's writing a story. And the story is told from your heart. The story that gives God glory is the story that walks into the situation, the antagonist shows up, the pain is there, and in the midst of it, we say, God, I don't know how I'm going to walk through this, but I know you are in control of my life. So I trust you. I walk with you. That person who tells that story, mm, they get a story written on their heart. God etches Patience, peace, faith. He writes glory on that person's heart and they tell their story. That's different than the person who gets angry and bitter and cold and their heart hardens. There's not much of a pleasant story written in that heart. That story has some dark twist to it. That story doesn't give God glory. The story that gives God glory is when we respond with a heart that says, God, you are the author. You are the potter. You are the artist. I'm only the canvas, the clay, and the page. So write. Write, O Spirit of God. Write on my heart. Write gratefulness. Write humility. Write 
faith. Write your story, God. Write it deep. Write it plain for all to see. I'll be obedient. I'll do what you've called me to. I'll forgive. I'll reconcile. I'll praise you. I'll give you all the glory. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? This is where we begin. This is where the story begins for us. With a right heart response to the author. So this morning, would you put your heart back on the desk for the author to write? Would you let him write what he wants to write? Would you let him do what he does best? Give beginnings, bring tension, rescue, and do it all with epic proportions. Heavenly Father and author of our lives, we come to bring our hearts before you this morning. We come recognizing you as the one who is in control of all things. You're the sovereign ruler over the universe. You're the one who has sent your son so that our lives can be redeemed, so that our story can be told and it show your greatness. So this morning as pages ready to be written on, we bring our hearts and say, oh spirit of God, write on us. Write afresh. Write something new. Write what's going to bring you glory. And we will let you write. We open our hearts. We open our lives. And I thank you that in your wondrous mercy, you have chosen to write in us. When we were far from deserving that, you chose us. You sent your son so we could be redeemed, restored, made new. And now we walk by faith and now we say, this is my story. So spirit, write in us. I thank you for what you're going to do in our church these next two months. We'll respond with great obedience and joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what an incredible message from Pastor Brian. I love learning about how our life really is like a story and how God plays a part in that and how whenever something happens that I seem thrown off by, there's a point to that story. And I love this series. I cannot wait to learn more. We'll see you next week at 1030.